Broadcast times are 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time, and on Thursday nights, 8 to 9 Eastern. It is every Thursday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Central, 8 to 9 Eastern. Uh, mark your calendars so that you may become a part of this dynamic broadcast. So we encourage everyone to tune in. We have uh, very interesting topics all the time, and they're always pertinent to uh, bettering the black community. That is the whole theme of this. I also want to mention, um, I want to give thanks to Queen Mother for Real Radio Productions, the late Ia Iwofalola, founder. And we continue to thank her for allowing us this platform to share with you. The production is now operated by Imani Dawson and Kenneth Jones, We are very excited about the endless opportunities that we see in our future together. And we want to thank both of them for heading up this production agency. Uh, Someone had to pick up the baton and run the race, and these two individuals are uh, very prominent in the race. They are running a hectic race. So I I take my hat off to these two people. I also understand that great things happen when great minds converge. So I want everyone to know that the foundation of this show is based on the book, The Superior Power in Black America. It was written by Darrell D. Freeman. Now, that's me. There are three main points that this book discusses. They are self-help and self-sufficiency. 
The fact that the black community has the ability to eliminate resources such as food stamps, general assistance, and government handouts. This book also discusses the need for unity, self-love, and pride in our black America. So we must study the African history in order to draw from the power within our heritage. I don't know if anyone uh, knows that there that uh, blacks, the blacks, ruled the earth long ago. It was the blacks that did it. Uh, there was a nationality called the Moors, and they were a very swarthy people, and they actually ruled the earth and brought Western Europe, Western Europe out of the Dark Ages. If you remember, the Dark Ages was when there was there was no fire. People didn't know how to start fires. Therefore, you couldn't cook the food and decontaminate it. You had to eat raw meat. You know, you they didn't know about hot water and, uh, you know, hygiene and all this other stuff that eliminates uh, uh, diseases and all that type of stuff. So uh, the Moors traveled throughout the earth and they went into Europe and brought Western Europe out of the Dark Ages. Uh, most people don't realize that, but it was a swarthy people. Uh, they were black. And so that's what this book talks about. It talks about going into. Uh, New message is received from class 1-925-428-40. It goes into, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry about that. It goes into what we should Understand about our heritage, who we are as Africans first, and then Americans. So um, I do want everyone to know that, um, you know, that's what this book started out as. So it's, it's titled The uh, Superior Power in Black America. You can purchase it online at lulu.com. I think I have my, my first host, my first guest. On, in the queue, and I want to introduce, uh, his name is David. David, are you there? Hello, David. Can you hear are you me? there? I can hear you now. Okay. How are you? Sir, and thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, I'm very excited about meeting you, man. I heard a lot about you. <laughs> Oh boy! This is the, oh my! I hope I uh, stack up to what you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so. I also uh, tuned in to Kenneth's show, and uh, man, just the conversation just kind of gave me chills, you know, because uh, <laughs> people are talking about what's important. You know, we can always Absolutely. be distracted man, about what's what what is not important. We can right. always be. Distracted by that, but when we come to where the rubber meets the road, where we have the solution, David, that's that's what I that's what I'm talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. So how are you, man? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh well, you know I'm doing good. Um, I am uh, one of the uh, co-founders of a newscast right here we have called the Wrap Up Newscast, uh, and that's actually an online uh, news program. We have um. Global Wire Service, which is basically a wire service like the Associated Press, um, but it basically covers programs and 
stories that affect uh, us as a people, really some of the stories that the mainstream media doesn't want to deliver. And uh, we have actually clients in uh, newspapers in Indiana, Indiana, uh, Washington, uh, Georgia, Texas, and Chicago that, you know, carry content from that. And um, we have an organization called the Institute for Social Interaction, and uh, where we basically teach uh, young black men and women um, how to interact um, as far as nonverbal communication, reading body language, uh, proxemics, things like that, things that they need to know this day and age and how to interact not just with law enforcement, but in social situations and how to really kind of read body language to actually not just get ahead, but also sometimes stay safe. Man, that is so powerful, David. I'm met, uh, is there any way possible that I could exchange information with you so that oh, I can absolutely. become a part of the program that, you're, that you have going already? You know, uh, uh, being alone, you know, uh, in, divided, we can't do anything. Oh, absolutely. You're right. You're right. And that's one of the things where I think the Internet really has become kind of um, almost like a weapon <laughs> that they have given us that they didn't mean to give us, you know, because up until now everything was kind of controlled. I think it was Nelson D. Rockefeller said in 1920, he said, he who controls the media controls the hearts and minds of the people. And yes, we sir. have seen the ability in one moment, you know, as somebody actually mentioned on social media, in one moment you had everybody – who was, you know, mourning the loss of uh, Brother Muhammad Ali. And he was a phenomenal man, and they were mourning the loss, and, you know, that he was great. He was a Muslim. He stood for his convictions. And then the next week, they had them terrified of Muslims and, you know, really wanting to run and grab a gun and saying, oh, my goodness. So it all depends on how the media reports the story as to what the people think, you know. And so I think we've got to really... I think we have a responsibility, but we also have two folds, is to get the truth out there and let the people know that when you hear something, do your due diligence. Research it for yourself to make sure what they're telling you is the truth. You know, David, uh, we, all, we all, being humans, we all want to take the easy way out, and we're all willing to believe what we hear as uh, factual. But yes. when I was a student, as a student, and I'm always a student, I'm always a advocate of learning, so I'm always a student. And so as a student, I understand there are certain types of references that you do not use. You don't use them because they're not, uh, <laughs> they're not credible references, or they mm -hmm. have a, uh, a way of being manipulated uh, at any given moment, so that makes them even less credible. And so Wikipedia is one. If you're going to write a book right. or you write a story, you don't use Wikipedia references because <laughs> they can be manipulated and they're added to constantly daily. So Correct. what information is true and what is not. So I believe that if we are going to be diligent and if we are going to be intelligent and if we are going to run this race, the race of being educated and being uplifted as a nation, uh, then we need to be able to reference credible information from credible sources. And how do you do that? How do you do that? You dig. Well, you know, one, and that's one of the things we, um, we wanted to, when we first um, got started, we were looking to have uh, reporters in different areas where we didn't have 
you know, access. So we're like, you know, if you have a camera phone, you know, and you can bring the story. And we got a lot of people who send us videos of, you know, relatives and friends that were being harassed by the police, you know. And, I'm, you know, I mean, at first, sometimes it was credible. Well, you know, my uncle went in here and he took some things off the shelf and he walked out and they just, you know, wanted to arrest him. Well, that's called stealing, you know. So it was one of those things where we had to say, okay, well, where exactly are we getting this information from, and how do we vet the information to make sure that the information is factual and truthful? You know, one of the ways was by looking at the story. They say there's two sides of every story, and then there's the truth. You know, everybody has their own viewpoint on what they believe the story to be. So when we get a story, we tend to say, okay, this is the facts that's presented to us. Let's try and find a third party who doesn't really, you know, so I don't know how they say it, doesn't have a um, a dog, in, dog the in the fight. You know, a exactly, a dog in the fight, absolutely. So, you know, they have nothing to gain, and let's see what the, their viewpoint is, and then we can report the information. Because sometimes, to be honest with the information, we don't really want to hear it because it's not in our best interest. It doesn't make us look good, but it's the truth. You know, and it and doesn't make us look good, you know, right. or it offends us because of our past, you know, we, it makes us uncomfortable. But you know what? I got to tell you something, man. If we're not willing to look at what actually happened, uh, just look at our history. If we don't continue to look back at what happened with Malcolm X, what happened with Martin Luther King, what happened in the 60s and in the 70s, and even prior to that, we're doomed to repeat that. So here I am, here I am in 2016, I am unwilling to repeat that tragic past. I believe that if I don't stand up and educate myself and educate others, then we we are doomed to do that. But we have too many tools at our disposal that it would be, I, I don't even know Dumb or stupid would be the right adjective. I, I I just don't know the word that would be used to describe a people that's not using, you know, their opportunities and what's before them to advance themselves. I I don't I don't understand what that is. You know, there was someone sent me um, this uh, clipping, and it was about a week ago, and it was of a, a Chinese gentleman, and I guess he's a statesman statesman over in China. And he came over to the United States, and he um, did some lecturing. And they asked him about currently about how does he feel about the current state of uh, racial tension in the United States. And he said it's it's very distressing. He said, but we are not concerned with it. And he said, well, why are you not concerned? He said, when it comes to the Chinese man and this being man or woman, he said this is our primary concern, the health and welfare of the Chinese man. He said – we are not concerned with the health and welfare of others outside. We wish them well, but we're not concerned. And he said, well, as a man, a student of humanity, surely, you know, they thought about the teachings of Buddha. And he said, well, for example, the African American in the United States, he said, is the only race that would put other races ahead of it. He said, the African American man is the only um, individual, only race, he said, that would put others ahead of himself to the detriment of himself. You know, and I I thought about that, and I was like, wow, you know, it is, right, we do something, we get something, and we go, great, it's like we want to run for acceptance to the white man and say, look, do we do good? Do we do good, master? 
you know, and it was really good. They go, it was really good. Give us that. Yes, yes, and we feel that's the validation. We got to Do I look like you now? Do I look like you now? Yes. Yeah. Do I look more yes. like you now? There yeah. it is. There it is. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and unfortunately, I, there was some, um, this year I was watching, I was reading this article, and this gentleman said that the Willie Lynch manifesto had been disproven. It was not credible. Right, and he was said, you know, it couldn't have been written, and it was, you know, I'm reading the uh, information. The bands are going back and forth, and um, you're familiar with the Willie Lynch Manifesto, correct? Uh, okay, I'm not understanding what you said. Just bring it back oh. to me. Huh? Okay, are you familiar with the Willie Lynch Manifesto? Okay, the Willie Lynch Manifesto. I am familiar with with that, but but remind me, what was that about? Okay. So the the background of it is supposedly there was a slave owner back in the 1800s, and he was so effective at raising slaves that he wrote a book or manifesto on how to raise the perfect slave. Well, his manifesto was so so awesome that he was invited to speak in Virginia at a um, at a I guess a plant a group of plantation owners, and he said the way to break your nigger. He said, is to take the strongest buck, he said, and beat him within an inch of his life in front of the females and the weaker of the kind. So you get all the males, you get all the females, and you take the strongest, most dominant one, and you beat him within an inch of his life. What this does is it sends a message to the others that if they were to rise up and them not being of the caliber of this one, that it's, you know, similar will happen to them. So in essence, like, you're not as strong as this one. Look what we did to him. You rise up, we'll kill you too. The female then, seeing this, will in turn make sure the males under her care are kept in check. So in other words, not only would the males be fearful of rising up, but the females will make sure for fear of you're going to do that to their children, they will check them and make sure they are not, Domineering, Rising but to up. make sure they're submissive. Yeah. Yep. So there was, you know, over the years, there's been some speculation as to if this is really a manifesto or whatever. And my thought on this is, if it is true or if it is not, it doesn't make us any difference because the teachings we can see have been implemented on our people. So I don't care if it was really written, if it wasn't really true. The the premise has been effective and has been being used. You know, so people say it wasn't real, so it doesn't matter if it wasn't real, it's being used. We can all agree that mindset has been used. Malcolm X was a leader, they cut him down. Martin Luther King, a leader, they cut him down. Huey P. uh, Newton, they cut him down. So I look at it and I go, now I have a matter of fact, he's he's a pastor out here, and he has an uncanny resemblance to Martin Luther King. And he's always talking about, you know, civil rights and things. And I said, you know, you need to start really getting people together. I said, you can do this. And he said, man, I'm not telling nobody outside of my church. You think I'm trying to get shot? And he laughed. But unfortunately, that really is the mindset that we have leaders among us, but for fear of being cut down, they don't step up. Well, you know, David, um, you can look at all of our uh, present leaders today and surmise that that is in the back of their minds because uh, they won't say the wrong thing. They'll they'll fight to a degree and and come right close to the fence, but the cow won't go next to the – he won't come to the fence because they know (laughs) he'll get lucky. 
I, you're shocked. No, I, That's right. That's it's right. True. Now here's the here's the flip side of that. This is a new day. There is a whole new generation of young black warriors being raised. We're not afraid to die. If you look at black Absolutely. people killing black people, you will see that the person that is pulling the trigger and the person that is the target themselves put themselves in that position. They weren't right. running from that. You know, that's what they were about. And so they were not afraid to die because that could have went either way. And so what we're right. talking about, we're talking about a whole other generation of warriors being just just by, by, by the natural fact that Africans were mighty warriors. By right. the natural fact, these warriors, after generation after generation of being watered down and watered down, uh, they're coming into full fruition. And I got to tell you, even some of our older guys, me for instance, I, I don't believe that there should be an eye for an eye. But I do believe that if, uh, at some point, if you oppress people long enough, there will be an uprising. People will stand up and they will fight back at some point. And so if you continuously push that button, then you will get some type of rebuttal. And what level of rebuttal that may be, uh, who knows. But the generations have changed, and now there is a pure breed of warriors being raised by themselves. And all they know is fight. Now, we you need, know, to, be able to, we need no, to be able absolutely. to harness power. Right. You know, no, you're absolutely and right. we need to uh, project it where it needs to go, and we need to be able to guide that power. That is a power within our structure that we need to be able to recognize and use. And so here's where the yeah, leadership right. comes in. Here's where the, the leadership comes in that, you, first of all, you, you cannot be afraid that this ain't going to work. It will work, you know. And at some point, it is inevitable because if you look at the children of Israel and not the Negro, they were a feared people, and they were all black. That's they right. They were feared because they were right. They had risen up. And the Pharaoh himself, the Egyptians themselves, knew that if the blacks were to rise up, they would rule the earth. Now, when you talk about what is really going on, you have to go back, go all the way back to the beginning and look at what happened back then. That was before the 1800s, before the 1600s. I'm talking about B.C. I'm talking about the real children. Israel, that rose up and became free from slavery. It is happening again. And You're absolutely every, right. You're absolutely right. Every nationality feared the children of Israel because their numbers had increased, and they just and when every 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 the hitchhikes, the the parasites, of the, all of those folks that encountered the blacks. The children of Israel were wiped out because they had taken the land that God had given them. And it was an annihilation of women and children. And I couldn't understand that. Yeah, I couldn't understand it. But when I talked to my pastor, he said, well, it was because of the seed. 
if the seed is not about God, then the seed must perish. And if you think about what the Bible says, some of the stuff in it I agree with. If you think about what it says, it says the Jew first and then the Gentile. Well, guess who the original Jew was? It was the children of Israel. And guess who Absolutely. those children were? Hey, Dallas. That, you know, and so when you put it all together, you will see that we have come full circle. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I remember talking to my pastor a while ago, and he was mentioning the fact, uh, I think I asked something like, why did the children, you know, the children of Israel, why did they have to wander for 40 years into the desert, right? Why, you know, 40 years? And he said, well, his response to me was, because when you have a, a oppressed people and you want to go into the promised land, you can't go in with an oppressed mindset. You know, so basically you had to have that mindset, and those people had to die off. So that when they went into the promised land, you had people who were willing to fight for that, who did not know oppression, who only knew the promise. That's, that is so correct. I think that's, that is correct. That's they they wanted for 40 years for the cleansing yeah. of that whole yeah. process. That people, they couldn't get yeah. the non-believers and the people that was not that's weak. Right. They could not yeah. take them into the land, including Moses himself. There we go. There we go. So, you know, when you, when you yeah. talk about history, you we need to start re-educating ourselves on who we are. Right. Absolutely. And you know, it's been it's been. I was reading an article probably about two weeks ago, and it was really distressing. They were talking about the Egyptian uh, tombs, and when they started really uncovering them back in the 1920s, and they found the hieroglyphs, and they found, of course, all the different paintings, and there were people like, like us. And so it was literally, they had people that were going in there washing the hieroglyphs and trying to make the figures white. Ah. painting them, make the figures white. And then when the Egyptian government found out, they were like, what the hell are you doing? But the universities that were paying for the excavations were like, people come here to see this, and we can't show them these black people. You know, they were changing the image. They were, they were trying to change it. And they did, the they government said, the wait image. a minute, they locked it out, and then they went back in there and they had to repaint them, you know, the color they were. But, like, how dare you come in here and you say you're going to pay for the excavation, and then you don't like what you find, so you try to whitewash it. Are you crazy? They took the <laughs> noses off of the stone statues. Yes, yes, yes. How you doing? So, wow. So, so understand what we're talking about. We, we're not talking about uh, what happened in the last week or so with these lives. We're talking about a history and uh-huh. a, a changing of the guards. Right. And some people know it, and some people don't. Uh-huh. And so the ones that don't know it are the sheep. They're the ones that's going to be hurted. But the ones that do know it, those are going to be the ones that go to war. The ones that know it and don't want it to change is going to fight to the death. The ones that know it and know it has to change is going to fight to the death. Now tell me this. You're in in, um, Texas. I'm here in Oakland, California, like the birthplace of the Black Panthers. And I'm telling you out here, in some parts, the, the racial tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife. 
You know, oh, yeah. I remember you going to a Starbucks, and it's just quiet now. You know, you've got black people in there, you know, and it's quiet. And it's like, it's almost like you want to get in, get what you got to get, and get out. You know, and I, I really try and find black-owned coffee shops. I myself now being a lot more conscious where I spend my money at, you know. So I'm saying that to say, how is it? Do you think we're really going toward a race war? Is this inevitable? No. Uh-uh. No, no, no. They should see if we're smart, David. There won't be a race war because in a race war there has to be a dominant race, probably dominant through numbers. Well, uh, the numbers, the um, um, race numbers have shifted. Now you have 109 million Hispanics and 42 million. African Americans. That right there comes out to about 150, and okay. so you have 300 million uh, people in America as the total population, and so half now is not just one race, right? Or, or half just one race, but that half is is now uh, they already know that if. In the next five years, that half is going to become a, a dramatic uh, 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 minority based on population growth and immigration. Right. You know, they so already know what saying, to... They already know. And matter of fact, last week, a lot of things that got out of the press was, I think, um, Calvin Brodus, um, also in the Snoop Dogg, met with the L.A. Priest chief and was talking about, you know, what can we do? And, you know, they got coverage. What really didn't get coverage, I don't know if you guys heard about it, was the Nation of Islam and the Chicano, um, Chicano um, Brown Berets in Los Angeles. Did you hear about that? I didn't hear about it, but you know what? That's that's exactly what's about what's happening. Yeah, okay. now they got together. They got together and basically had a program, and they were like, you know, when you look at it, what's the difference between, you know, Latinos and Hispanics? And African Americans is nothing but a boat stop. <laughs> nothing, man. You know, we really look, look at it. <laughs> here's something that's even deeper than that. You have Donald Trump insulting all of those. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and so he is. He is. And I, I don't understand what his game is because it's so obvious. But he is actually separating and making one or these two people over here combine resources and combine. Uh-huh. Against him, and then it is the people that's following him that's lining up with him that becomes apparent and becomes the the other. And so, when you're talking about Americans and the minority now, the majority now becoming the minority, it is a fierce fight. Donald Trump is fighting for power. He wants to maintain the power as a right. minority. Right, you're right. Which, which they only had power because they were a majority. Uh huh. Okay, so now that is shifting, and so they're nervous. Why you think they want to deport immigrants? Why you think they want to build a wall? Why you think they got black women in doctors' office getting offices getting hysterectomies by the numbers? It's seventy percent of black women can't have children anymore. Why do you well, think they, they have? Right. 
But what do you think they got that men killed and incarcerated by the numbers? Because well, you remember, can't repropriate. It's, it's population control. If you, exactly. If you look at the, like you said, once again, at the numbers, if left, and I hate to use the word unchecked, but if we were left, the regular, we were allowed to run our course within 56 years, you would have a predominantly brown or black Europe. Within 100 years, you could have about 90, what, three quarters, if not more, of the planet predominantly black. We would turn this planet black, and they're, fear, they're fearing that. So they've got to either eliminate our numbers, decrease our numbers, or basically re- reduce our numbers by any means necessary. And so be it the sterilization, David, be it the gay agenda, all that. They're not dumb. They they've no, already got their plans. So in this case, in this case right now, they're talking about voter suppression and 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 deportation. Now, what would those two things do? Directly, what the most important, the first thing that it would do, keep them in power. Yeah, Bernie Sanders, and nobody mentioned it, Bernie Sanders actually won California in the primary. They say even when they found out two-thirds of his votes somehow disappeared, he won California. The man had a chance, but he met with the powers that be, and he decided... To, you know, to capitulate. Now, what bothers me, what really bothers me, fact that in Go California ahead. it was just announced that they're going to be revising our history books to include the LBGT struggle. Now, I've got friends who are who are yeah, I have no problem with, you know, okay, you got a, a message out there and everything. However. Can we first get it right about the African-American struggle and our history in the books before you go putting the LGBT in there? No, because they don't want that. Absolutely. And I'm really kind of a little disheartened at our president, who basically he cried when the the nightclub was bombed. He came out, we're going to find this. But when these two black men were killed, he said, you know, they need to get together, you know, and talk. What were your tears for us? Or well, you had tears when you needed our votes, but now that you don't, what have you done? You know, I'm just like, wow. You know, so that I'm a little disappointed in his response. The only thing I want Obama, my brother, to do, man, is get out of that office living, go on to his next life, and enjoy it. That's the only thing I want. I, I want him to shut up. I want him to be quiet. I don't want him to do nothing that's going to create this hate for him in a greater way than cause some sicko to, you know, take his life. You know, America has a history of assassinating their president. Is there That's that? true. That's true. But I think we're now we're in, we're in a position to where. He's no longer, I think, uh, a threat. Now, of course, they said there are always going to be, you know, threats and things like that. But I don't think that he is doing anything now that would cause any kind of change in the status quo. So, like I said, he's running for the first term. If anything, if he was to get killed, they might, you know, that might actually rally or solidify, you know, African Americans more. So I think the last thing they want us really to do is to be unified. That's the last thing. 
Ben, are you there, man? Are you trying to uh, give us some some wisdom, brother? Yes. How you doing? I'm Sorry, doing good, man. man. Welcome uh, to the show, and thank you for uh, even uh, joining. Do I have a caller or something? No, Imani is the host. Imani. Imani is the yeah, I was I was got off late, got stuck in traffic. Yeah, I couldn't get into the studio all the time. So Imani is the, is the uh, engineer for tonight? Yes. I am the engineer for tonight. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Imani. Are you going to join the conversation? Hi, how are you? I am um, enjoying I'm, it I'm very much. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic knowing that you guys are going to join the conversation. <laughs> so how are you, and, and did you have something to add? For me? Really good discussion. Very rattling, you know, in general thinking about what's going on in the country. Um, I've, you know, I've sort of been following along social media, watching news, and somebody remarked that it's not like anything crumbling. It's like the underbelly that, is, you know, of the reality of racism. Being revealed. And actually, um, throughout the course of this experience, these are just my kind of general thoughts, right? Throughout the course of this experience, I remember the importance of uh, an organization like FIFA because it's really about the only way we can flex our collective power. Um, is to be on the United Economic Front. And and that is that that's absolutely true. I think now you broke up a lot, Imani, but I, I believe what I heard you say is that we need to be focusing on our economics, which would change the name of the game. The game then would be self sufficiency and empowerment instead of uh, coming from behind and trying to catch up, we would actually be leading absolutely. the pack. And I mean, America, yes, absolutely, that's what I was saying. America is a capitalist country. It was, you know, it basically the lives and souls of our ancestors for money. So if we can do something to pull our $1.1 trillion in annual. Um, Yeah, is that you, Ken? Yeah, I'm here. 
If I could, okay. I want to interject something. If I could, um, there, there is okay. You guys mentioned about the economic power base we've been meaning we've been trying to build as a people probably since the 1960s. Um, there is an organization and actually it launches in September, and I know the um, the founders. It's called the African American Stock Exchange, and it is actually okay. using the capitalist system, but for our benefit. Um, a lot of these programs in the United States, whether we know it or not, are really socialist in nature. And there's nothing to matter with that. But when you put a socialist title on them, people get upset. The African American Exchange launches in September, and what it is, it's going to be an actual, it's kind of like the New York Stock Exchange, but only for African American businesses. It is by invitation only, so it does not require an SEC filing or a Series 7 to trade stocks on. And it's going to be phenomenal. What it is is actually being created to create an economic block and power base within our community. So we try to, you know, pool our resources and say, okay, we're going to boycott the Target. We're going to boycott um, this big company. And maybe that will have an impact for a moment. But the minute we go back to spending, they recover. What if we had other companies we could go to who were going to now give us just as much services and just and the same caliber because now they can match them dollar for dollar. Now you're making a difference. Uh, uh, David, my book, The Superior Power in Black America, has a five-step plan on just how to get there. Now, my, now my book has developed into a movement. It's called wow. T-SPEBA. It is the acronyms for The Superior Power in Black America, T. S-P-I-B-A. And so if you were to be interested in how to get there, then you would, join, you would look at the website www.tspiba.com. Oh, it is right. a web that moves us into that direction. SPIBA is the organization that we're looking to gain 10 million members. Now, now here's, check this out. With 10 million members paying a membership fee, it's, we're creating a credit union, and it will be it will be um, it will be protected by the government. It's going to run just like a regular credit union, only it is dedicated to uplifting the black communities first. So in these in this credit union, we're going to loan black people money. We're going to buy black people cars. We're going to you know uh, open up black businesses. That's what this. This particular uh, credit union is about. Anybody could join it, but we are focused on rebuilding black communities. So, SPIBA is the organization name. 10 million members uh, giving $25 a month as a membership fee that, that goes into this organization creates $250 million a month. It creates $3 billion a year. If these people were to get off the ground and have 10 million members, it could take $1 billion a year, which equals $1,000 million, and return to 1,000 households in the black community, randomly selected. Now, these households and the head of these households have to be business-minded. They must 
be willing to invest in the community that they're in, and they have to open up a business and hire somebody in that community. So that's a 1,000 black millionaires being created in one year. The rest of that money, $2 billion left, goes back to the community as uh, home loans and grants, education loans and grants, um, uh, business loans and grants. That's what the revenue that is generated uh, is supposed to do. It has to be redirected back to the communities that produce it. Now, that takes $25 out of our $1.1 trillion spending and redirects that money back to us. There is no other mechanism that has been created that will do that. That's what SPIVA is about. That's why we need 10 million people to join. Now, the time is right for that. Guess who was talking about pulling their resources last night? Guess who talked about that? Who? LeBron James. You were talking about pulling our resources together. It is the most. Right. It is the next most logical movement that the black uh, nation in America should be focused on. There is no logical other movement that we should be doing. March for what? Go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Huh? I said, go ahead. So LeBron James was talking about combining our resources. Yes, last night. So what do you think about that, David? I'd like to send you some information on that. Please, I would love that. That would be great. And I think it's one of those things where, okay, um, once again, going back to, going back to um, Martin Luther King, uh, Dr. King, he was talking nonviolence, resistance, and everything. You know, it wasn't until he started saying, you know what, we need to start pooling our money and pulling out of the white community. That's when they killed him. That's said, when they killed him. He wanted, he, wanted, he wanted to march around. He wanted to do That's fine. Oh wait a minute! He want to mess with our money? Uh, uh-uh, uh, he gotta go. Let me tell you something, man. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that he had a dream. It was the fact that he woke up. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Now that's a wow. That's. A, I didn't create that. I saw that, but it's a quote. I like and that. I like that. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't a dream that he had. That all men would be created equal and walk in America as equals. That don't happen. It was the fact when he woke up and said, no, our money is being stolen again. We're still being, they're still riding on our backs. We may as well be slaves. Wow, go ahead. So, I don't know, man. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. And I see the problem as it is. We're spending... trillion annually. It is set to go up to 1.3. Who's going to benefit when it goes to 1.3? We're still going to be sitting around talking about, you know, we spend $1.1 trillion, but we haven't done anything to recapture of our spending. Right. Absolutely. You know, there's, um, and I'm not, of course, I'm not knocking our churches. Like I said, I'm in Oakland, California. And I'm in East Oakland, which is like where heart where the Black Panthers started. I was on my way to my office today, and I counted nine churches, nine churches within a two-block radius. And I thought, 
do we need all these churches? Why haven't they collaborated? Why haven't they come together? There's a big church out here called Allen Temple. They have a credit union. But do you know, I wonder, and I don't know, I can't claim any numbers, but I don't know how big a significant impact they've actually done in the community. In that you know, community. So we, yeah. So we've got to look at it and say, wow, it's great. It's a black church. It's a black mega church. they got a credit union. But when they're making the home loans out to Danville and the other white areas, because supposedly it's got a better return, we got a question. What really was your motive? You know, well, so... Yeah. David, you could you could see you could see where that where that's going. If you cruise that neighborhood and you see roofs not being replaced, and you see right. homes uh, not being re, re, refurbished, and these are the same people that's going into that church, that means their money and their economics is being extracted, and is not being reinvested in them, and that is the that is the default of the church. They come and they extract the economic empowerment in that community as impoverished as it is. They come and they wring the towel out. Yes. For every job. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. You know, there was actually, this is something I want to say, if I can say this, about a week, well, about three weeks ago, there was a business, it was a block of black businesses. It was a check cashing place, a barbershop, a restaurant, a laundromat. And a nail shop, a nail salon, they were all in the same block. Well, one of the businesses caught on fire. Now, there was a fire uh, station a block away. Literally, when they came out their front uh, door, they could see this block was on fire. Uh, right across from that was a, uh, a terminal, a transfer terminal where the buses would meet. So it's always really crowded. People, witnesses say the fire department came out, looked, stood there for three minutes, before they got into the truck and came down the street and began to uh, address the fire. They looked at three minutes and allowed that to burn. Subsequently, the entire block burned down and has not been rebuilt. Um, the city council leaders get there, we're going to help the inner city, we're going to just, but nobody's anything. And then yesterday, they started boiling, boiling it up because it's such an eyesore, it's a block of an eyesore that reminds people of the failed promises of the leadership. And it's not just for Oakland, that's leadership in this country. Which I said, but we're on listen, fire, we're burning, and they're not putting it out. You can't blame the leadership, Dave. We can't blame anybody else, man, because guess what? what? We spend $1.1 trillion. And guess You're right. what? You're right. We are not putting our money into a safe pool so it can be, there can be a return to us on it. That is there on we us. We can't blame Oprah. You're right. Oprah. You're right. We blame Hillary. We can't blame nobody for the what we won't do for ourselves. I am so I'm I'm, right. I'm torn. You're right. I'm torn in half because I see how we have been manipulated and how now we're so we've been so manipulated that we 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 beat ourselves up. We don't need nobody to kill us. We're doing it for ourselves. You know, that's how manipulated we have become. And so and 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 and, and just our minds have become inundated with killing each other and, and, and destroying what we build. So we need to change the conversation. So I'm torn because I I can't I don't I don't trust people. Well, you know what type of people I'm talking about. I don't trust people, but I'm not <laughs> blaming them. You know, today is a new day. We're intelligent. We have the power to do something about what's going on. You're right, you're right. 
You're so right. You know, so I think that people like you and I and Kenneth and Imani and Monique and, and everyone that we can come together with, the rest of the people on the show, you know, doing the roundtable, I think we need to be able to start, um, you know, first of all, Kenneth is talking about showing some solidarity and some consistency in our in our um, in our shows. We all need to be on when we say we own and have a decent show when we present it. And so I agree with that. But on the other side of that, I also think that we ought to start thinking seriously about helping to gather that 10 million member strong uh, credit union that is dedicated and obligated to uplift the black community all across America, man. We can have a, a chapter in every state. Think about that, man. Louisiana, we rebuild Baton Rouge or wherever it is. We rebuild that thing with our own money, our own resources, with the quickness. You know, hiring the people within that community to get it done. Not bringing no contractors in from somewhere else that 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 is already you know wealthy. We need to bring. We need to lift the floor. If we raise the floor, everybody on top of that floor is going to be lifted. Absolutely that's, right. That's what Speedbird is about. It's about you know putting money into the groundwork. You know, and it not trickle down elect, uh, economics. We're talking about starting from the bottom and raising it up. I mean, it's possible, man. It's, it's more than possible. Like I said, I believe it's the next most logical movement that could be done that we need to be focusing on. There it is. So your media outlet is a tremendous um, uh, is a, is a tremendous attribute toward where African Americans in America is going. You are you are one that will be able to get, you know, even the score when it comes to information that's being inundated to the black community. Well, absolutely. You know, and I, I'm just really thankful. Like I said, last count, we had 745,000 viewers. So I'm really, like I said, I will use that, you know, as best I can to get your, to get your message out there. I think we need to know this. And it's this information that we didn't know. You know, the Bible says our people perish for lack of knowledge. So I think it is up to us to disseminate this knowledge so we won't perish. Absolutely. You know, you you spoke about uh, Bill Cosby, and I, I believe you spoke about him and that his plight didn't really start until he uh, wanted to buy, um, W. which one was that, WLS NBC. or NBC? And he was very close to doing it. And they they distracted him the first time by killing his son for no reason. Right. Out of the blue. You know. Right. And then now they distracted him again by dis, by attacking his character. You know. Well you know the, the first time he was gonna try and buy NBC you're right and he killed his son and then the second time he said, Well tell you what, you're not gonna allow he said, We're going to create a uh a, a he said an entertainment conglomerate. He said, I've already got the advertisers in place. He said that will rival, if not surpass ABC, NBC, and CBS. So the second time, he was coming for everybody. And it was like, you know what? Uh-uh. I see the problem that Bill had was he should not have been, okay, I'm Bill. Bill should have been in the background 
supplying the needed resources and had it as an organization. Because just like we're seeing supposedly with ISIS, you can't kill an organization that has no head. You know, you think you got it here and it pops up here. You think you got it here and it pops up there. There should have been a united front to where you can't they can say, where's the leader? We don't have one. We move as a unit. And they, they couldn't have stopped him. That 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 is that that is exactly right, man. That's exactly right. He Bill should have developed a movement and not yes. tried to move as an individual where Correct. he made himself target. That's For exactly target. Yeah. right. Yeah. You know, he was too much of a target. He's too big of a target. And and without the power behind him, he is standing alone in the ocean. Look, that's why this organization I'm talking about needs 10 million members. And more than one uh, bank, more than one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what you're doing is, is smart. I remember when I was uh, when criticism for the Marine Corps, one of the things that we were told is first you take out leadership, first you take out uh, communications, then you take out leadership. And that's what they've been doing to us. They take out our ability to communicate with each other, and then they take out our leadership. And then the rest, they say you can pick them off. And those are just military tactics that they teach any infantry soldier. So when I learned that, I said, well, look at that. They're doing that to us at the domestic level. So what you're doing by getting 10 million members is very smart because how are you going to stop that? I mean, look at the quote, the quote of public enemy verse, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. You it's know, it's so. not rocket It's not rocket <laughs> science. And, 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 yeah, that's exactly what, they do, what, what we're up against, but that's what we have been up against for 400 years. And that's right. And I got to man, I'm a believer, a strong believer in – First of all, keep the blacks down, not necessarily the Negro, but it's the blacks that rule the earth, and we don't want that to happen again. We'll never get control mm. of it. Mm. Now, there are people that know that, 